0: it's critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Pasio.
1: Welcome one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, of course, is oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, September 16th, 2012. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central time. We have a great show planned for you here today. It's going to be an all-call-in show. And we've been waiting for this for a while because I haven't been taking calls through the non-support of Dominators solutions section that we've been covering for a few months now. So this is the first show that we're reopening the phone lines for the What on Earth is Happening, a radio show. And we're going to do this this week and next week, all call-in. And then uh, future shows will have call-in as well open back up to it. I just um, suspended the call-in for uh, aspect of the show for the non-supportive dominator section because I really wanted to cover that material clearly without interruption. So let me give the call-in number right here at the top of the show so people can start calling in. The call-in number for the show is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number for the show, 866 841 one zero six five we're going to be talking about the non-support of dominators that's what the topic is and i'm going to give some ground rules uh, after the event announcements for uh, for calling into the show uh, today So, i want to uh... thank first of all laura eisenhower for her great appearance last week on this radio show uh... got a ton of incredibly positive comments uh people really enjoyed the show. If you missed it, you missed a phenomenal show. Go back into the podcast archive at what on earth is and listen to it because it's a it's a show you definitely do not want to miss out on. So thanks to Laura for um, being generous with her time and coming on the show for the full show last week. The Free Your Mind Two first fundraiser for the Free Your Mind Two conference took place last night at Liberty's uh pub here in Philadelphia. And I gave the presentation on The Matrix Trilogy, entitled The Matrix Trilogy Decoded. And it went very well. We were a little bit disappointed by the turnout. We were hoping that there would be a lot more people there. But the people who did show up were very responsive. And if I uh, may... um, say so myself, I think I really knocked it out of the park with the Matrix presentation and it went uh, exactly as I had hoped that it would go as far as reaching people with that information. So the people that were there were very receptive and I really thank everyone who came out and contributed and uh, raised some money for the Free Your Mind 2 conference. So thank you to those who, who did show up. The Free Your Mind 2 conference itself is going to be coming up here in April of 2013. April 25th. 26th and 27th of next year. Free Your Mind returns to Philadelphia with a three-day conference featuring top-caliber whistleblowers from across the country who will shed light upon our world's problems and bring forward empowering solutions. This unique event will build upon the success of the first Free Your Mind conference with a continued focus to spread awareness on the topics of consciousness, mind control, subversive occult influences, holistic body, mind, spirit, health, and solution-oriented approaches to the problems humanity faces in these challenging times. The location for the Free Your Mind 2 conference is the historic Arch Street Meeting House, 320 Arch Street here in Philadelphia. The doors will open at 8 a.m. each day. We have 19 featured speakers lined up, including Alan Steinfeld, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bashago, Ben Stewart, Bob Tuscan, Curtis Davis, Dr. Dream, Freighter X, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, Jay Parker, Jim Fetzer, Joseph Meyer, Laura Eisenhower, Lennon Honor, Loren Moray, myself, Mark Passio, Ross Ben, and Sonia Barrett. And ladies and gentlemen, Before I say anything else about the Free Your Mind conference, I I may have a huge announcement regarding the Free Your Mind conference next week. It's going to be um, probably confirmed during this week, and hopefully I will be able to announce it definitively next week. But uh, you're going to not want to miss that because I have a big announcement coming up regarding the Free Your Mind 2 conference. If not next week, almost definitely the week after that, but I'm hoping to be able to announce this publicly next week. The ticket prices for the Free Your Mind conference, for the Thursday conference $30, for the Thursday evening speaker meet and greet $20, the Friday conference $40, the Saturday conference $40, and if you take the package deal and go for all three days plus the speaker meet and greet, only $120. Now I'm asking people if they can. Please get your tickets in advance. That is the best thing that you can do to help this conference out. Some people have already begun getting their tickets, but I would like to see that pick up. If you can get your tickets in advance, if you're, no, you're going to be in Philadelphia, I would really appreciate people getting their tickets now. It's as good as making a donation. We're, we've been asking for donations to help out with all of the uh, travel expenses and the lodging expenses for the speakers. But if you can't afford a donation or if you can't make a donation, if you know you're going to be coming, don't wait till the last minute to get your tickets. Order them now if you can. Uh, get them in advance. Reserve them in advance because that will be as good as making a donation to the effort because we will have uh, you know, resources in advance to pay for all of these travel expenses. And that's really going to help us out a tremendous amount. So again, I implore people, if you can get your tickets in advance, do it from now. Uh, It would be much appreciated by the conference organizers. For more information about this huge event coming up in Philadelphia in 2013, please visit FreeYourMindConference.com. Next announcement is the End the Fed Philly rally as part of the uh, nationwide End the Fed event, End the Fed 2012, will be taking place on Saturday, September 22nd. That's this Saturday coming up. Outside of the Federal Reserve Branch Bank at 6th and Arch Streets here in Philadelphia. This will be starting at noon. There will be speakers. There will be a march around City Hall and back to the Fed building. So that's going to be taking place this Saturday, September 22nd at 6th and Arch in Philadelphia. At noon. Okay, I will be one of the speakers along with the keynote speaker for this uh, rally in Philadelphia, Larkin Rose. So it's going to be great to be speaking with Larkin again. I'm still trying to get him on board for the uh, Free Your Mind conference for 2013. We'll see if uh, I can announce that in the coming weeks, hopefully. So I'll be talking to Larkin about that uh, at the End the Fed rally. For more information on the End the Fed nationwide event, please visit endthefed2012.com. For the Philly Rally, you can visit truthfreedomprosperity.org. I will also be speaking at this year's MUFON PA East Coast Conference. That's the Mutual UFO Network of Pennsylvania hosting their East Coast Conference this year at the Sheraton Bucks County Hotel, 400 Oxford Valley Road in Langhorne, Pennsylvania on September 28th, 29th, and 30th. My show will be a rebroadcast on September uh, 30th, that's Sunday, because I will be speaking at the MUFON PA East Coast Conference uh, on the Sunday at the end of the month. So um, other speakers for this event, John Ventry, Frank Fischino Jr., Sue Switek, Karen Dolan, Stan Gordon, Travis Walton, Rob Switek, Peter Robbins, the keynote speaker, Grant Cameron, Richard Dolan, Stephen Bassett, and myself, Mark Passio, I will be speaking on the moral issues that are involved in the continued cover-up of extraterrestrial phenomena. So that's going to be a great conference. For more information on the MUFONPA East Coast Conference, please visit MUFONPA.com. That's M-U-F-O-N-P-A.com. You can also visit MainlineMUFON.com. ...and click on their annual conference tab and you can get the full uh, lineup of speakers and their bios. What on Earth is Happening related news? Uh, now up in the What on Earth is Happening news section. I, I did an interview, a pre-recorded interview in late August with Popeye of Down the Rabbit Hole... ...on the Orion uh, talk radio network... And in that interview, I discussed heavily and got deep into the occult aspects of the 9-11 event. So I did a complete breakdown uh, of the all of the occult aspects, both symbolism and numerology of that human sacrifice ritual, which is what 9-11 was. And you can see that in the news section. And Popeye has also put up a page on his uh, radio webs- website with all of the images related to the show. He also made a cool video where the images go along with the uh, interview as I as we conducted it. So that's up in the news section of whatonearthishappening.com. Also, as I announced last week, all audio for the whatonearthishappening.com website is now posted via the HTML5 uh, embed format. And this requires no browser plugins such as Flash, to allow that content to play. Therefore, it will open it up to all mobile devices like iPhones, iPads and Android smartphones and tablets. Uh, in an effort to continue to remove plug-in technology from my page and go to a standards compliant um, form of for audio and video, I am also going to be changing over all the video to the site to make it HTML5 compliant. The video now has been changed over to HTML5 in the news section, but I'm still working on the videos in the actual video section of the website because I need to re-encode them and I'm going to be uploading them to a new YouTube channel that I just set up. So I'll be making that announcement when those go online in the next week or so. It's just a time-consuming process to re-encode video and then upload it. So when that's done, I'll make the announcement and you'll be able to see that on the website. Also, there is a new HTML-based chat room on the radio show page, and it seems that that is working out very well. I've gotten no uh, uh, complaints or reports of issues with that, so that should also work in mobile devices as well. So those are the changes to the website. Minor changes, but I think important to note. The ad-free, radio, the ad-free chip-in effort for the, to keep the What on Earth is Happening show radio, uh, radio show ad-free has hit its goal for the second three month period and I thank everyone who made contributions. We'll be resetting that chart for the next three month period uh, which is between February, March and April which we will have to raise the required amount by the end of January. Uh, probably next week I'll be posting the new chart and we'll start over again with the, uh, uh, the uh, chip in effort for keeping the radio show ad free. Okay, so today we are going to be having a an all call in show on the topic of the non support of dominators as a solution to the problems that humanity faces, I have one basic simple ground rule for the show, really two basic ground rules first we 're going to stick to the topic of the non support of dominators so it's not just a a free for all uh, we are limiting the topics f- to the solution. As we have talked about it over the past several weeks, uh, months actually, of the non-support of dominators and the practices of domination. That's what the topic is and I'll be doing a very brief review of some of the topics that we covered that are fair game for the discussion for this week and next week. There is one prerequisite that I'm going to hold people to strictly during the course of Call in show for this week and next week, and if people are not respectful enough to respect my wishes for this prerequisite i'm not going to I'm not going to treat them nicely when they call in and they try to circumvent this prerequisite and just try to uh, you know burst in with what they have to say uh, they will be treated rudely and abruptly, and that's all I have to say and you know, I'm just telling people that out in the open because if you're calling into a, a host's show and they have asked that you call in and if you're going to talk about a specific issue that uh, you have taken in certain prerequisite information, otherwise they don't want to hear what you have to say on that topic, I think that should be respected. I mean, if you want to say anything that you want to say without any uh, restrictions whatsoever, please feel free to host your own radio show and then you can do that. And that there's no problem. But if someone is calling to my show and I'm asking that there is a prerequisite met, which I'm going to get into in a moment, then I feel whoever's calling should respect that prerequisite uh, or not call into the show. So with that having been said, here's what the prerequisite I'm asking for. If people call in... ...to defend or support the practice of carnism, of eating dead animal flesh, which we talked about over the past few shows, which was one of the last things that we discussed in the section of the non-support of dominators and domination. If you want to call in to defend carnism, I have no problem with anyone doing that, but the prerequisite is that you yourself have watched the movie earthlings in its entirety in one sitting, not watching it in bits and pieces, not watching it looking away from the screen when it showed something unpleasant, sitting there in, a, in a, a way that you have been paying attention and watching it and you have watched this movie from beginning to end in its entirety. If that is not the case, do not call in and attempt to defend the practice of carnism because you will be hung up on. If you want to defend the practice of carnism, I don't have a problem with you doing that, as I've said. But if you're going to call in and bring up reasons why you think carnism should be continued to be practiced, the prerequisite is that you yourself have watched the movie Earthlings, which I posted multiple times with my podcasts on the topic, that you have watched that film in its entirety all the way through in one sitting. If that is not the case... Do not call in and try to defend the practice of carnism because I'm not interested in hearing from you if that is the case. If that is the case and you have watched that film, you're welcome to speak your mind on the topic and then we could have I could ask some questions about why you feel the way that you do. But if you haven't watched Earthlings and you're going to try to defend carnism, you're not going to do it on this show. I'm going to cut you off abruptly. Okay, I can't screen calls because there, there's no ad break so... Uh, it's going to be basically a uh, you know off-the-cuff thing. I'm just going to take calls as they come in. So here's some of the topics that we covered in this section entitled the non-supportive dominators. Let me give the call-in number once again as well, 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number, start calling in now, 866-841-1065. Here's the things that are going to be on the table for the discussion for today uh, and next week. As part of this solutions section, we went into the subtopic of the non-supportive dominators and how this is really one of the most empowering solutions that we can attempt to employ and to get other people to employ in their lives. We first discussed emotional mind control and this is a very important aspect of this topic because this topic brings up a lot of things that are very uncomfortable for people and very controversial. We talked about what the concept of controversial really means. If we break it down in language, controversial means face to face with change. That's what the etymological meaning of the word controversial is, coming from Latin contra, meaning against or up against, and uh, versare in Latin, which means to change. So you are up against change, you are face to face with change. That's why this topic of the non-supportive dominators and the practices of domination themselves, it it is a very controversial topic for people to hear. In many cases, they are uncomfortable. It makes them uncomfortable. Um, In many cases, they don't like the messenger's delivery style, and this is most certainly the case when it comes to someone like me, who is um, very straightforward and hammers these things in, whether people are prepared handle them or not. I feel we have no time for baby spoon feeding. And my approach is, uh, some would say, without any sort of a soft tact. And that's fine. I'd have no problem with that. If someone else does have a problem with my tact, they can go and listen to someone else. You're free to shut it off and not pay attention to a word that is spoken here. Um, But I'm not going to change my approach. I speak the truth unapologetically and forcefully. And that's what I think is required. I don't think we have the time to babyspoon feed this information to people. So, um, that's part of emotional mind control. People not liking the messenger's delivery, so then they choose to ignore the message. You know, so another part of, part of it is that uh, people don't want a lot of this information to be true. You know, they, they want... Their belief systems to be the way things are in reality, and so when they hear something that conflicts with their deeply held religion, then all of a sudden the emotions well up, and they, you know, they uh, come apart at the seams because somebody is attacking their religious beliefs, and that's really is what we're talking about here. Uh, authority is a religion. Domination, the the belief that that some can dominate others, is a religion. Let's call it what it really is. It's a religion. So, um, you know, that's another thing that we really covered, that this, this belief system is definitely a religion, the belief in authority. And that's why so many people are so attached to it. So, we talked about in this section the absolute nature of truth. We talked about the concept of what a solution is, you know, that it's really to, to dissolve the ego, it's the ego is the solute that needs to be broken down so that it can, we can go into solution approaches, solution-oriented approaches. And truth is the solvent. Truth is that which is going to dissolve the ego and get people to finally admit, yes, I was wrong. So we, we talked about those general overarching concepts of what you know, the, the nature of truth is doing and what a solution really is from a philosophical perspective. Um, we talked about the fact that there's no political or legal solution to the problems that humanity faces in consciousness. It isn't about voting in new masters. It isn't about perpetuating the control system by continuing to give our support to it and keep it going you know, through our, our tacit consent. That'll never create a solution. The only solutions that are really available are those that are based in philosophy and a deep understanding of the laws of nature of the laws of behavioral consequence, what we have called here on this show repeatedly natural law. I call them universal spiritual laws because that is in fact what they are. They are the laws that govern our choices and our behaviors. And they are immutable. They are always in place and we are always bound by them. We talked a lot about conscience. A conscience is the definitive knowledge of the the objective differences between right and wrong. And what the exercise of conscience is, it's actually putting that knowledge into effect. It's choosing the right action over the wrong action once that knowledge is in hand. We talked about how people make endless justifications for their immoral behavior because they don't want personal responsibility to choose right over wrong. We talked about apophysis, one of the most important and empowering concepts, saying no to the dominator Mindset. Saying no to the dom- the practices of domination and the people who support these practices. That's what apophysis is all about. It isn't about telling people what to do. It's about saying that this is su- something that is causing harm and suffering and therefore you should withdraw your behavior from those practices. You should not take part in certain behaviors that are based in violence and domination that's what apophysis is all about it's saying what the truth is not so that we can come to an understanding of that which the truth is we talked about culpability and and cosmic consequences for our behaviors some would call that karma and I'm okay with that term Uh, but we talked about who is more morally culpable the order giver or the order follower and we explained why the order follower is always more morally culpable because it is them who is actually taking the the action. It is them who is actually engaging the behavior, and so they are the most responsible for the manifested result that occurs in our world. We talked about the uh, tra- about trauma and bullying and how that perpetuates the uh, abuse victim cycle, which we broke down and explained, and how people become identified with either abuser or victim in that. A vicious cycle from which it is very difficult to escape unless one knows oneself and one's psyche at a deep enough level. We talked about dominators reasons for uh, some of the behavior that they express including things like repressed sexuality and feelings of inadequacy and feelings of uh, a, a deep ingrained understanding of how ignorant they really are and therefore they give up hope that they could ever improve their condition. We talked about the concept of selflessness, of having lost a connection to the higher self, having lost a connection to who one really is, and having forgotten who we are, and that this concept of the loss of that connection to the true self as being one of the prime motivating factors for people's violent and repressive behavior. We talked about groupthink and herd mentality and um, collectivism, We also talked about techniques of cults, all the different techniques that cults employ to keep their members isolated and brainwashed, and that's part of the control system. The same techniques that are used in any religious cult are the exact techniques that are used on the military and police institutions and the members of those institutions. We talked about how these people ultimately want to abandon their personal responsibility to make their own decisions. The, the abandonment of personal responsibility is one of the main reasons that this control system is perpetuated in our lives. It's why we're in a prison. We talked about the symbolic occult mockery, the symbolic and language-based mockery of the police and the military. And I did an extensive presentation of these symbols and forms of green language. So that's open uh, open uh, for discussion on today's show as well. And then finally, we talk, uh, we talked about... Carnism and how carnism is a religion that is based in violence and how we as a species do not see the effects of the law of correspondence, this law that exists in nature but is largely unseen to the eye because it takes a a long time to uh, manifest over a quantum scale, a, a, a macro scale and how carnism uh, through our engagement of that practice, we are basically putting ourselves into a deeper cage through the law of correspondence. And finally, we talked about women's role, actual uh, the female sex, their role that they can play in helping to influence men, who are the main practitioners of the religion of domination in our world, to uh, how women can step into their empowering role of influence and nurturer, influencer and nurturer to help uh, these. Um, these male dominators discontinue their support for this prison system that they're building all around us. So with that having been said, those are the topics that are on the table for discussion here today in our first call-in show uh, over this week and next week and we have some callers on the line. So let's go to the phones. Here we go. Welcome caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Hello Mark. Bob from Cincinnati, welcome. It
2: it is indeed. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I didn't think I'd be the first one in the queue. A pleasure. Oh, thank you, Mark. Hey, uh, firstly, uh, wow, your presentation uh, last night in Philly, uh, most of us could not physically be there. We really missed it. There is somebody uh, who kindly... Ah, uh, put about forty-five minutes of your show yes. of your presentation on YouTube. Yep. I hope that they're able to post uh, further. If not, uh, uh, we we're definitely asking that you would uh, do a presentation uh, like you did the occult mockery of
1: police presentation on what on earth is happening sure. of your
2: Matrix uh, trilogy revealed,
1: so to speak. Yes, Thank I you. was I was thinking either um um well p- either one or or both actually. Uh, I'm definitely going to be posting the video because we did several people recorded it last night, and um, I'm as I said I'm very happy with how the presentation went. Um, We did have one gentleman recording it with a tripod at an HD resolution, and. Uh, while the light and sound may not have been optimum for that room in there we didn 't like bring a lighting rig or anything, I think it 's still going to come across quite well and uh, He is going to give me that video, we are going to post it to the what on Earth is happening website i'll also post it to my YouTube channel that i 'll be announcing uh, how, however, um, <clears throat> other people did record it with handheld devices handheld cameras and and smartphones and um, if they're uh, they're totally free to uh to publish that on whatever video websites they want uh and you know that's fine so uh, i i'm aware that someone has already posted um segments from the presentation last night and if they have any more they're absolutely welcome to do that no problem uh but i may also well, do a presentation here on what on earth is happening give that presentation at some future point but definitely the video will be making an appearance at some future time within the next month or so uh, on the website. So that will be up there for free. Well, thank, thank you, Mark. Uh, I just wanted to
2: comment on two points. There are so many in the non-supportive dominators. However, my Skype connection is extremely poor. I'll be quick, sir. The first one, uh, you, you uh, on your your kindness of sharing with us the Rosicrucian or Rosicrucian yes. philosophy of, of non carnism and uh, like many, Mark, I, I still practice carnism. I, you, know, you know, I'm one of those aliens dining at the table right. in that uh, very ingenious cartoon that, or the, that you shared on your images on the past few shows on carnism. Um, uh, however, um, I can agree with your complete understanding of the ether, of the morphogenetic field, is what you uh, spoke of it as, yes. or the, uh, the morphic field right. of resonance we are indeed all vibration when we come down to brass tacks of the science of it. And uh, in this world, uh, we only have so much to contribute uh, with our will in action and dining uh, upon our lesser brothers, as you said uh, so eloquently is so true Uh, that that has to be the focus of why one would want to uh, come to an ending of, of, of of dining on the carnal. Now I'm, I'm still there, but I'll tell you what, my friend, I think uh every time i sit down to to eat the 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 beast <laughs> uh i'm thinking now and it's it's uh it's quite a struggle thank you sir for <laughs> putting that in my life absolutely bob you, Mark, and and true. again
1: i said no one is required to make any sort of a change overnight this is a this is a a deep held understanding and i i i do also want to comment it isn't it isn't just a rosicrucian um um Philosophy. It's, th- this is obviously something that it has existed for as long as man really has existed for those who have come right. to a, an evolved way of thinking. And I, I want to also reemphasize that before people think that vegetarianism is in some way or another some sort of a religious belief, that it is absolutely not a religious belief. It is based on a deep understanding of the laws of nature the laws of correspondence. And I understand when I say that word nature, it has such a distorted connotation in the minds of the mind controlled. Because they've been brainwashed through their entire lives through repetition over and over again to equate the term natural or nature with the concept of Darwinism and social Darwinism. This is ingrained in us from the minute that we're born into this left-brained, locked world. Okay, that natural means the one who has the most ruthless approach, the most vicious with the sharpest teeth and claws is the one who comes out on top. And that is the exact opposite of the natural order. That is what is called chaos. That entire worldview leads to nothing more than chaos. So it, it is exactly the opposite way around. It is not that vegetarianism is based in any kind of a religion. Vegetarianism is actually based in understanding and then the practice of it is based in wisdom which is choosing the truth and choosing the right over the wrong action once we're at that level of consciousness. The exact opposite is true when it comes to what a religion is. It is the practice of eating animals that is a religion that is a religion for at where we the human species is right now in our place in consciousness for people to continue to engage that practice is a religious is an attachment to a religious belief and i know bob that you don't take that with offense i understand that you are working you yourself i know are working upon yourself through having spoken with you and talked to you at length it, but some people will hear that with offense and take offense to it, and you know what I'm going to say to that: get as offended as you like, because that's the the case. That's the truth when it comes to this. Carnism is the religion. It is based in violence. Violence, the right to do violence, is a religious belief system. In by definition, by definition, because there is no such thing as the right co- to conduct violence, and if you believe that that's the case, that you possess that right, then you are believing in an an illusion, in an illusion. And that, by definition, is what a religion is. You are be- it is a it is an unfounded belief that has no basis in truth, in something that is completely illusory. And that's the definition of a religion. So, uh, that's what carnism is. It is not what vegetarianism is. Vegetarianism, the only reason it has an ism at the end is because it's being described as such as a practice, as a way of being. It is not a based in beliefs. And for some people may engage in it because they have beliefs regarding it. But that's not what I'm talking about when I use the term vegetarianism. See, people can even engage in the truth in a religious sense, in a religious uh, methodology but in the way I'm talking about the the lifestyle of being vegetarian it has absolutely nothing to do with a belief system and it has everything to do with knowledge of how natural law operates in our world to bring us the, the experiences that we undergo right
2: on mark in the, in the last piece, um, I'm sure there are people lining up to, to debate carnism with you. and uh, uh, Stick to your guns. I know sure. you will. Oh, I figured um, as much. I uh, fig-
1: I, I'm totally psychologically prepared for both of these shows to be n- all about nothing but that. you know. But you hopefully know it won't be. You know hopefully it. people will bring up some other things. But uh, I, I agree with you that probably we'll get more than our fair share of that. Yes.
2: Got to have my meat, man. I've got to have my meat. Anyway, uh, uh, the second point. Uh, non-supportive dominators, the occult mockery of police. Uh, your your uh, testament of this uh, dark occultism. Uh, the architecture of the dark occult ringed around us through symbolism, subversive symbolism everywhere. The square superimposed atop the square, the octagon. But the deeper meaning is the square set within the square, the hypercube or tesseract, yes. uh, as you've you've shared in that that portion. Uh, I would like to point out that upon viewing the brand-new memorial in New York City oh, yeah. at Brown Zero <laughs> to, 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 uh, to en- ennoble the victims. They stamped oh. the Hypercube on top of the, the memorial itself. It is the square within the square, the hypercube, yes. the dropping down into a dark abyss of pool water, That's of brilliant. flowing fountain water, and down the,
1: two squares, the two squares one exactly set
2: within the other. You have it. Shameful, Mark. Shameful. Uh, the memorial uh, of the building was called Freedom Tower. They very slyly, quickly changed it to New World Trade Center,
1: and that speaks for itself. Thank you for your voice, Mark. Good evening, Bob. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure to hear. from caller from the uh, 602 area code you are live on what on earth is happening welcome
3: hello Mark kind of went dead there for a second after you hung up on uh, Bob uh, I, I think I think
1: yes I think perhaps my microphone was muted inadvertently and I I just noticed that and took it off what I was saying is for people to check out um, Bob's um, a reference there of the hypercube or the uh, dual-square symbolism they talked about at the World Trade Center Memorial. You can go on to uh, a site like Google Images and search for images uh, related to the World Trade Center, new World Trade Center Memorial site, and you'll see what Bob is uh, referencing there as far as the symbolism of, of the new uh, Trade Center Memorial. It's very uh, interesting and fascinating symbolism, and Bob's right on about how that represents the Hypercube. So um, um, caller, welcome, and uh, what do you have for us today?
3: Okay, uh, well, like I said, this is Ivan from Phoenix. Ivan, welcome. Um, hey. Yeah, the Tesseract, I was just wondering, um, well, I just wanted to mention, that's also mentioned in that Avengers movie, they talk about a Tesseract and it's that cube that they yes. have in there, so they're, they're you know, totally... Have it all around us, here and there, without people really
1: knowing. That's what we right. are Talking about, and it is the source in the movie Avengers of the dark god's power, Loki, who represents a lord of the underworld in Norse mythology, uh, who is the the uh, the dark god of the underworld. He is very very closely associated with with Satan and uh, other uh, dark entities. Uh, in other traditions, in other mi- uh, mythical traditions, but, um, and in the movie he wears a uh, long flowing robe and carries a, uh, a scepter of power and he has huge horns that look like ram's horns and are very uh, reminiscent of how Satan is often depicted. And the hypercube or tesseract is his source of power that he uses to control. So, very interesting symbolism in that movie as well, and I would say the makers of that film have an understanding of some of the symbolism related to the Tesseract or Hypercube. Absolutely.
3: Right, right. A lot of filmmakers nowadays, you see it all over the place. Um, well, First off, I wanted to say uh, thank you to you, Mark, because um, for the last like five or six years I've listened to all kinds of information. Uh, my job It's pretty easy, so I'm able to just listen to stuff for the eight hours. And I've gone from, like, David Icke, Michael Tessarian, Jim Mars, and I got on to Gnostic Media, and I heard you on there, and then that led me to your work, and I listened to all of your episodes and got current, and out of everyone that I listened to, you were the first one that pretty much challenged me and kicked me in the butt into action. When you said to know and not to do, is not to know Sorry. or not to care. Yes. So that really resounded with me that, okay, all these years, all this information, okay, you know, I would tell people here, there, a little DVD, a little video, okay, fine, but wasn't doing much. So you're the first one that really made me uh, wake up to, I got to do something. Am I doing something? Because uh, I created a website, a little, uh, you know, do-it-yourself thing where I just put a bunch of information, links to videos and websites and all kinds of stuff, and uh, that's freeyourmindaz.com. If if you remember, I had emailed you asking Yes, uh,
1: excellent website, excellent website, by the way. Uh, Give it again for the listeners. They should definitely check it out, and this is an example of someone who is real. Ivan is stepping up, and he's doing something in his area. He's forming a group. He's uh, 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 propagating information. Uh, and I think it's a, uh, a great um, inspiration to people. So I'll uh, give your website again, definitely.
3: Okay, that's freeyourmindaz.com. So since I live in Arizona, it's a short abbreviation, AZ for Arizona. And I also started a meetup group out here uh, by the same name, which is you know, meetup.com uh, slash freeyourmindaz. But so, all that's connected through the website. There's links to music with lyrics, uh, videos books, um, blogs, all kinds of stuff on there. And it's not me saying that I have all the answers, and I know everything. It's me saying, hey, people, look at what's out there. Look at this information that's being hidden from you that you're not aware of. So that's, you know, something that I keep, uh, you know, keeps me busy (laughs) pretty much.
1: That's really great. I I commend you for that, Ivan. And uh, again, uh, like you said, it is true that to know and not to do is not to know. That That's uh, actually not my words, however, that those are the words of the Chinese philosopher Yang Ming. But I tacked on that uh, little addition, uh, to know and not to do is, is not to know and not to care. So what you're doing is you're you're taking your knowledge and you're putting it into action, and that's the expression of wisdom. And I, again, I commend you for doing that, and I hope more uh, listeners would follow suit and really, you know, uh, step up their involvement in this in this cause for uh, and press for truth.
3: Right. Right. Well, thank you. Well, okay. Now the reason for the calling sure. to touch uh, on the topic that you're sharing about today. I- made a few notes here, so um, Carnism, I agree uh, with everything you've been saying, and I know that there's a caller, I don't think his name might have been Dave from Colorado or something, mm-hmm. that he kept challenging you back and forth uh, a few months back, Sure, but I understand both both Dave's point and your point, because as I see it, it's kind of like um, have, if someone shows up here on this planet and sees roads you would think, oh, there's roads, so that means we need cars. No, it's uh-huh. the other way around. It's because we have cars, we created roads. Right. So Dave's argument that, oh, the human body is made to digest food, and we have, you know, we're supposed to eat food. No, it's if you go back, uh, you know, through the research that i found, like um, what was it? Uh, Michael Tesarian's work, and even in Kubrick's uh, Odyssey, uh, that documentary by Jay Wiener that yes. he shows, primitive man just eating grubs and stuff and then something external influences him and he starts eating meat and doing that and cesarean touches on that about man being, uh, you know, changed somehow. Yeah, so if you go back 10, 20, 30,000 years, we've been conditioned to need meat. So obviously our, our physical structure will be, you know, made to digest food. That's like having roads. So if you see roads, you think you need cars. No, it's the other way around. Since the cars were there, then the roads were made. So since we started eating meat, then our, you know, each generation started, you know, being born like, okay, we're ready to, to eat meat. That That's what I would
1: say. I think you have a really val- valid point that people uh, attribute our current conditions to the way that it always has been. And I think that's a very dangerous uh, and flawed stance to take because... Uh, People have very little understanding of some of the things that really occurred in our very ancient ancestral past. And, you know, I ask them sometimes the question how do you even know that the Earth was even always like this? You know, and that this has been the condition of even the planetary conditions. First of all, if you look at what cataclysms really occurred, physical pole shifts occurred in the past. And, there was probably temperate zones almost covering the whole Earth at one point, uh, not like it is today. You know, what if, what if the Earth was at one point in uh, a zero degree orientation with respect to its plane of orbit around the sun? You would have perpetual spring and food and crops would grow everywhere pretty much in the north and southern hemisphere all year long. And there would be no time of death and time that the sun was uh, not uh, uh, giving its light and warmth directly to either hemisphere. So people have to take things into consideration on massive scales of time and when they, when they uh, don't do that, they are apt to begin to think, well man has simply always been like this and always must be like this. I again called that in the first show that I did on this topic, the we are argument and the we are argument that we are one thing and have always been that and must always continue to be that is a fundamentally flawed and it's a poisoned worldview. It's not only a flawed worldview, it's one that is, it's an infected worldview. This is what the dominators want us to think like. They want you to think that change is not really possible and that we cannot desist in certain practices that we may have been doing for very long periods of time, but that doesn't make them right. You know, you could do wrong for an eternity and, and you're, you're never going to be suddenly converting that into doing a right. It's still going to be wrong no matter how long you practice for. This concept of or this argument that is often made, well, that's been going on for millions of years or that's been going on for hundreds of years. This is all completely, it's total logical fallacy. Because it doesn't matter how long a wrong has been going on for. That's an irrelevant argument. All that matters is it's wrong. Is it causing harm to other living beings? Is it causing suffering to other living beings? Then it's wrong and the practice should not be engaged in. And it's actually that simple.
3: Right, right. And and your last comments there lead me to one of the little notes I put here um, about... um, Yeah, eating meat—it's like a low, steady humming noise. The negativity, you know, it's not noticeable consciously, but on a subconscious level, there's all that negative death and suffering constant. It's like a low hum that people don't notice, and they're like, "Well, why is there so much, uh, you know, hate, anger, violence, negativity in the world?" You know, because we're at war or whatever. No, it's because everybody's constantly doing this, uh, you know, suffering, 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 because. That's constantly death every day, 24-7 occurring behind the occurrence that we have no idea is going on, but yet we open our fridge and take out the, the chicken and the steak and all this stuff without thinking about where that's actually coming from and what effect that's doing, like you said, on the uh, energetic uh, frequency of the planet.
1: That's exactly right. I think you have really great points, and that's what I'm trying to explain, that there, our actions don't affect just our immediate surroundings. They extend out into the field of consciousness, and they are affecting the whole, and that's where, why we're living in a poisoned environment, not only ecologically poisoned, but poisoned insofar as the energy that is all around us and that we're constantly taking into ourselves, the energy that we're all bathing in.
3: Right, right. You know what? I have a lot more notes, but I'll go ahead and uh, let you go so you can take other calls. And if uh, I'm going to stay on the line and if um, you have some more time in the next hour, you know, just come back to me. Absolutely.
1: Ivan, great, great material. Fantastic. And I, I will come back to you. So great. You hang on the line. okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Great call. Okay. Let me give the call in number once again. We only have a couple other people hanging on the line right now. Hopefully we can get some more people in the queue. Uh, I never saw uh, calls like last week's show. <laughs> wow. Laura Eisenhower was very popular. Uh, mo- the most callers I've ever seen in the queue on any for any of my shows. So uh, hopefully we can get some, uh, some numbers built up like that. So uh, the calls are relatively sparse. If you want to call in, you'll probably have a short wait. 866-841-1065 is the call-in number. 866-841-1065. Call in. Uh, there are many slots open, and uh, let's take another call here. All right. Area code five one seven. Area code 517, you are live on the What on Earth is Happening radio show. Welcome.
2: Hi, um, I'm
4: Gabby. Hello? Adrian. and I have a quick question about sure. carnism.
1: Sure. Your, your name's Adrian. Welcome. Yes.
4: Oh, it's Gabby. Sorry.
1: Gabby. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. What was your question?
4: Um, well, in a world full of people who... um. Like in a world of carnism, people who practice carnism, Yes. how far is it right to go to like, argue your point when people like um, point well, it out to you, even if you don't point it out? Or When should you let it go and hope that they get something from your example?
1: Right. Good question. I, I wouldn't even look at it as being argumentative or arguing with them. If you know what the truth is, speak it unapologetically regardless of who you think it's going to offend. And I know that's that's a tall order. That's a difficult thing to do because that requires a lot of courage and stepping out of the uh, mindset of what other people may think of you. So um, I think that's probably the, the best and most courageous approach to take that is directly related to truth. Because if you know what the truth is regarding this practice, then... You can't possibly do any harm by speaking that truth. And I'm not saying you know run roughshod all over them and make them feel like trash. I'm saying state it emphatically in no uncertain terms as the truth. Because if you know that it is, then speak it as such. And don't apologize for holding that understanding. I don't even say holding that belief. Don't apologize for having acquired an understanding that this practice is not only wrong but is also keeping us enslaved as well. People have a difficult time understanding that. They're concerned with their freedom. That's why I don't call, I say we still don't have a freedom movement. We do not have a freedom movement on planet Earth. We have a my freedom movement, a my freedom movement. People are concerned about their freedom, maybe the freedom of their family and friends, but they're not, maybe even the freedom of all humanity. But they're not concerned with the suffering and freedom of all beings. See, they, they think that you know, uh, they can be free and somehow others can still remain in states of total injustice, suffering, and, and uh, you know, continuous uh, death and bondage while we enjoy the fruits of freedom and liberty. And somehow that eventuality can ever occur. And that this is the cosmic joke. This is the joke that's played on all of humanity. It's an impossibility to, be, to have the state where suffering is ongoing and continuous and driven by us. We're driving that suffering into the world. Okay, And we can be free. People who believe in that believe in a delusion. They are delusional. They believe in a religion. And what you should look at it as in explaining this to people... Be unapologetic, but understand you're talking to people and trying to bring them the truth to help them out of the suffering that they're creating for themselves. So don't even worry about if they don't get it at first. Most people aren't going to get this at first. I don't, I, I'm under no delusions, no delusions whatsoever that I'm going to come out here, do a show against carnism, explain to people why it's wrong, why it's po- poisoning the morphic field of energy that we all live in and ultimately poisoning ourselves and that people are just magically going to get it. I would expect the vast majority of ears, who th- my words have fallen upon regarding that concept will reject it out of hand just because their belief system is so strong and they'll come up with rationalizations and you know so-called evidence to support their religion but um, of course you know th- all this is is attachment to an illusion it's an attachment to the illusion that Violence can be continued to be conducted by us indiscriminately and yet magically we're going to suddenly find freedom somehow. It's never ever in eternity going to happen that way ever. People need to get that out of their minds as soon as possible. That's that's one of the religious beliefs among many others that are holding us back and keeping us in this cage. And until we abandon those outmoded, outdated, dogmatic belief systems about who we are and what we're allowed to do here, we're never going to be truly free. And it doesn't matter. See, I'm going to say that unapologetically to anyone who, who's, whose ears are within range of my mouth. And I'm not going to apologize for saying it because it's the truth. It isn't my belief system. That is not my belief. I have no religion. I am not somebody who is out here propagating my belief system. I am somebody who has come to an accurate understanding of how certain laws within the natural creation operate that through our choices in in the boundary conditions of these laws. We are actually creating our reality, the experiences that we are creating, that we are bringing to ourselves, whether we consciously are aware of how those laws operate or not, and I'm going to speak that unapologetically. Because it is true. It is not a belief. It is the way it actually does work. Which is why this program is called. What on earth is happening. No question mark. It is not a question. It's about what is actually going on. What we are doing. You know that's why I said on the first show. This is about causal factors. And I'm trying to explain. How a, a factor of causality. Operates in our realm. To bring us our experiences. And it is. Works that way immutably, unchangeably, invariably, 100% of the time, flawlessly. That is, those are the parameters of nature. And we would do well to heed someone who is trying to explain how those workings operate because we would save ourselves a whole lot of time and suffering. But most people won't listen to words of wisdom because they have a religion and it's a deeply embedded one. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't keep speaking the truth. Again, forcefully, unapologetically. If you're in the right, speak it, and don't worry about how it's received. Thanks so much for the call. We'll be right back, folks. All right, everyone, welcome back been listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host Mark Passio. My website whatonearthishappening.com We're doing an all call-in show this week and next week on the topic of the non-support of dominators. A solution in our solutions section that I've been covering over the past many weeks here on What on Earth is Happening. We have a uh, Wrap that topic up now, and we are taking calls on it. So the call-in number to join us is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number to talk about the non-support of dominators as a solution to the problems that humanity faces is 866-841-1065. We currently don't have anybody in the queue. I will also entertain possibly some questions in the chat room if they are phrased intelligently and aren't posed in a juvenile way. I will, um, I will take questions from the chat room as well. But uh, for now, while we're waiting for other callers to join us, let's go back to Ivan, who said that he had some additional points that he wanted to uh, interject into the conversation and. Uh, the uh, the points that you had brought up so far were very enlightening. So, Ivan, are you still with us?
3: Yes, I'm right here.
1: Great. Would you have uh, something further that you would like to bring up?
3: Okay. Continuing on your uh, non-supportive dominators, I have a little section here I wrote out. Um, dominators out of protectors slash guides or suggestors. What I mean by that is... The intention, I guess, of people who want to be kind of shamanic or, um, you know, trying to teach people what's good for you that turned into commanding or ordering people what's good for you. So the ones in a position of, hey, you know what, the speed limit is 40 miles an hour because this is for your safety. You know, if you get into a collision going 50, 60, 80, you're gonna get. You know, it's more dangerous than going 40. So this is for your own good. It went from that to no. The speed limit is 40, and we're telling you that's how fast you gotta go, and you gotta listen to us because you know that that's the law. So it went from you know a protective kind of suggestive for your own good thing to no. Do basically just do as we tell you kind of thing. That right. that's what I think the dominators are at now.
1: Yes, and I'd like to say something related to that. See. It always starts off control, always starts off under the guise of good intention, of that I'm, I'm suggesting this as something that will help you, and then it eventually decays and degenerates into do this or else. And that's where we're at as a species now. Now, when it comes to like what I'm talking about in helping to help, help people to get to a place of understanding about the laws of nature, you could say, well, that is also a suggestion. I cannot make anyone understand this. I can encourage them to study it on their own, to look deeply enough into causal dynamics and to look deeply enough into governing dynamics in nature and understand how those laws operate which takes a long time. It's not like something that someone with very little understanding can just suddenly switch on in their brain and come to an, an accurate and deep understanding of. It's actually years of study are required. And this is something that people think that you can do somehow magically, you know, that suddenly somebody's just going to immediately get how this works. It, it isn't something that happens magically. It look and even if you, you could say, yeah, that happens for a small percentage of people in an organic way that doesn't require a lot of effort, maybe that's the case. But so what? The number of people who can do it like that are so small that for the rest of us, that's a negligible number. We, we have to do it through sustained effort and continuous work. And... So if you're one of the people who just gets it, w- wonderful and great, and you didn't have to go through that painful process of breaking down your old belief system, your old religion, and abandoning those uh, um, ways of looking at the world that didn't serve who you are, and uh, you know your, the beliefs that just totally led into deeper and deeper suffering, and you were able to do it suddenly and all at once, you know that's great if that's how it happens, but for the vast majority, for, for for a small minority, but for the vast overwhelming majority of human beings, what is required is often years of the breakdown of this old calcified belief system or religion, and then a slow building up of the the, the real site. Of the actual real spiritual vision that leads them to the understanding of these higher laws. And that's a, t- a stepwise, time consuming process that does really need to be done in quite a linear fashion. Uh, not only because of how left brain most people are, but because you can't build the top floor of a house when there's no foundation that is built. You have to build in steps. You have to build in a stepwise progression. You have to lay a solid foundation and then slowly build on top of that which is how this radio show program has been conducted since its beginning. Its uh, it, uh, Later shows all requ- require prerequisite information that is uh, built up in the first shows and then it builds up to deeper levels of knowledge from there which the earlier information is obviously prerequisite for, for understanding. It's a stepwise linear progression that builds first on a foundation, then we build the top floors after the foundation is solid. So um, one of the things I want to get back to in talking about uh, with your comment here, Ivan, is uh, that the, the, this whole idea of, well, if people don't accept the truth meaning let's take speed limits for an example, that this road will be safe to navigate at probably no greater than 60 miles per hour. And they want to break that suggestion. They want to go against that suggestion and test uh, the laws of, of uh, order and chaos. Um, the, what What is it in a human being that insists that no, they may not do that and I'm going to absolutely step in and say, I'm going to do something to you to prevent you from doing that. What is it in the person who wants to become that dominator then?
3: Well, you and I know the answer to that. That's yes. Either, you know, that's, uh, what did you call it? A second level or second degree psychopath? Well, before it, that that gets,
1: before it even gets to that level. What's the force that's at work inside of that person that's operating to make them, you know, get to that level of, of behavior, get to that mode of behavior? It's fear. They're yeah, in fear know. of chaos happening. Okay. They're in fear of chaotic results in the physical world. Okay. That's the We're main thing control. that drives it. Right. So, in other words, they're in fear. Well, if people drive this fast, they're going to get hurt. So, we have to physically stop them from driving that fast. And therein lies the fundamental flaw. Therein lies the axiom of belief that is fatally flawed from the get-go. If you believe that you're going to physically control people's behavior instead of actually educating them as to the reasons why that certain things are in in place, that that the reason you should not engage in this type of behavior because it will create a chaotic result, then you're not really doing the thing that will give the best results. You're doing something that is in many ways, or just about in every way, a half-assed effort. Because... You're saying, instead of teaching why, I'm just going to say, you have to do it because I said so, and that's how it is, otherwise I'm going to hurt you in some way. What what do you think is going to be more received, better received? I have an understanding that maybe perhaps you currently lack, and you need to know what the consequences of that action are going to be, Uh, unwaveringly, unwaveringly. in many cases because the laws of nature work in an unwavering way. Now maybe you might get lucky and you might get lucky for a certain amount of time in not having a extremely nasty consequence brought upon you by ignoring certain physical laws and higher laws. But you'll, you'll, you'll never be able to get away with it indefinitely and eventually you will be caught up to and you will experience the extreme negative consequences of poor choice, poor behavior. So the the dominator has is making a choice and saying and he's making the wrong choice. He's saying instead of doing the work, which is much harder to change someone's mind about something, because you have helped to take the time and help to ingrain in them an accurate understanding of causal and governing dynamics that exist inherently in nature. They don't want to do that. That's the hardest work there is to do in life. That is the great they work. They don't have the yeah. time or patience for that. They just want to say, I'm going to physically stop you from doing it and threaten violence if you do it in some form or fashion. And that's all based on one thing, the fear of chaos. As we talked about and we talked about in the primal fears section, the ultimate fear that is preyed upon on us every day is the fear of chaos. Chaos is the greatest teacher. I, I, I have often said there are two teachers. They're both who I embody or represent as goddesses. There's Isis and there's Eris. Okay, these are like sister goddesses, they're, they're twin aspects of the same force, which is truth. Okay, they're both teaching truth. Isis teaches it with love and compassion, in in a gentle way, and you have to come to Isis, the gentle teacher, with acceptance, with open-mindedness, open-heartedness, and acceptance, and then you don't need to suffer because you can take the truth in an open-minded, open-hearted way and then not create suffering as a result. But if you refuse the teachings of Isis, then she turns over the lesson to the disciplinarian, who is Eris, the goddess of chaos. And Eris teaches you in a very harsh, punitive way and says, You ignored the teachings of my better half, Isis. I'm the harsh uh, disciplinarian who is going to bring chaos into your experience because you ignored the higher laws and because you wanted to ignore the laws of nature. And I'm going to explain to you why that's a, a completely illogical, poor choice that is based in ego that you don't want to understand how things actually operate here and that you're under boundary conditions called the laws of nature. And I'm going to bring chaotic results and chaotic experiences into your life so that you can learn that what you did was the incorrect way of going about things. It was the it was the incorrect choice. And then adjust your behavior accordingly. The problem is... Right. That, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you continue and then I'll add on to it. No,
5: the, the simplest
3: answer or or correlation to that is the same story that everybody already knows. You can tell someone, you know what, don't put your hand in the fire or you'll get burned. That's right. You'll get burned. Some uh, of open-mindedness will oh okay, well, why do you say that? Well, because it's happened to me already. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Okay, fine. But you're going to have that other percentage that's going to say, yeah, I don't believe you, and will still stick their hand in the fire and get burned and and then learn the lesson.
1: That's correct. So in a lot of ways, we need to almost release attachment from this idea that people should not be getting hurt. The world is a dangerous physical place. There are are potential dangers everywhere, whether you accept that, understand that or not, that's the case. What we need to shed in the way of shedding fear is the fear of chaotic results, chaotic results when we make choices, are not horrific outcomes. They are teaching experiences that we need to learn from. The most sinister aspect of this control system is due to the fear of the experience. The control system is trying to sanitize the world from chaotic consequences. This is the most dangerous Horrific thing that could possibly come about because then the teaching experience that is made possible through chaotic outcome is also sanitized from the world and people are not apt to then learn what they did wrong and make a different decision. What they're going to keep doing is doing the same thing indefinitely over and over and over again continuously creating suffering. And that is what this control system wants. That's what it wants. A prison of suffering from which there is no escape because there is no opportunity to learn from your mistakes, to learn from chaos. All they want to do is physically control, but never get you to the understanding of the underlying causal principles. And as long as we remain in that level of ignorance, we will never understand why we have made the wrong decision, and we will never understand why it is that we are actually enslaving ourselves.
3: Yeah, and the hints are all around us in, in entertainment media. I have a dream theater song here that one of the lyrics is, I will not go to the light until I pass through the darkness uh, caverns of my heart. So it's like saying, you know, I'm not going to go to, you know, live my life where everything's, you know, perfect and pretty and everything you know, without learning what the suffering is all about, what the darkness is, because you, yes. need, you need that balance, you know, because if everything's all, you know, that nice, um, what is that, that cookie-cutter community, community with the white picket fence and the little dog and everything's all pretty, but you never pass through the slums and the ghettos to see what the other side's like, and, you know, you're not going to have a full picture. Right. And then that's also in, in movies, that, that line in uh, Batman, uh, Batman Begins, where uh, Bruce Wayne is told, you know, why do we fall to to learn, you know, to pick ourselves up? So if right. you're always safe and always protected, and then it, it's you know everything's all pretty, you're never really going to know exactly how to put a picture. You need that balance. You need so, that balance.
1: So let's let's um, go back to the example of you know speed limits on the highway, right? If people want to just flagrantly ignore that, I say wonderful. They should be free to flagrantly ignore it. Now, what will happen as a result? Probably a lot of chaos, right? I'm not even in denial of that. I'm not doubting that. I'm not saying, no, it would be great and everybody would drive 120 miles an hour and there would be no accidents. I'm not saying that. There would probably be a lot of chaos and it would be a dangerous place to even put yourself into. But guess what? I would rather have that than what we have now because I'm not afraid of that kind of chaos because if that kind of chaos erupts – it, it, it erupts onto the world because people just flagrantly try to ignore the laws of physics and totally drive as fast as they want, as chaotically and irresponsibly as they want. There's going to be a lot of death. And that would not be a bad thing because, first of all, you would have to ask yourself, why would there be so many people trying to drive like that to begin with? That's, first of all, a cause one of the causal factors of that chaos. And you would want to try to get to the root of what's going on in your head, in your in your emotions, in your thoughts, that you would even express that kind of behavior. See, that's even brought on. People's you know, desire to drive like a maniac is brought on because of how repressed they are. And we would start looking at these things if some chaos like that were interjected into our life and we weren't tried we weren't being sanitized from it all the time. You know, people who are attempting to sanitize the world from chaos are doing one of the most absolutely disruptive, and they're doing something that is a disservice to humanity. We need to embrace not only ISIS, but Eris as well. We need to embrace truth, but embrace the possibility for chaos. That's how we shed our fear. That we say we are willing to allow people to make mistakes, even if they're horrific and result in death. Because we know at some level there is no death. You know, this fear that, oh my God, the world has to be made safe for nothing but infant children. You know, and anything that can't be brought down to that base level, we need to purge and do away with it. This is an asinine child's view of reality that is all based in total fear. One hundred percent fear, and that's ultimately going to do nothing but put you into a prison. You're going to build a prison of your own design and put yourself into it, and throw away the key. If that's the level of fear you live in all day, you know, twenty four hours a day. So chaos. Do you, do you want, yes.
3: Yeah, listening to you now, that brings up something uh, a little bit off, but it's still parallel. Uh, sure. George Carlin's that little sketch he does about. Um, um, infections or, or uh, bacteria, everybody scrubbing this, hygienic and all, you yes. know, keeping clean and all this. And he talked about how when he was younger, they used to jump in the East River and swim in liquid crap, and they never got sick because their body was always
1: exposed to this bacteria and dirt right. and filth. It and gave the immune how, system I, practice and knew how to deal yeah, with it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. It I'm learned like, you from know, the chaos. Right. There you go. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely poignant. So, Ivan, uh, we do have some other calls in the queue, but thanks so much for coming back on and sharing those great points with us. Listen, if we hit another law, I'll bring you back up if you want to stay on the line.
3: Sure, I'll stay on. I got one more little section on the side here, so if Fantastic. you need me, I'm here. Fantastic. Great stuff.
1: Right. Okay. Let's go to a caller from Philadelphia. 215 Area Code. You're live on what on earth is happening. Welcome.
5: Hi, great to talk to you.
1: Hey, who am I speaking with?
5: Dr. Liberty from Philadelphia.
1: Great. What do you have for us today?
5: You uh, were just talking about, uh, you know, looking at some of the laws, like uh, the speed limits, for instance, and that's a great example. I live in Northeast Philadelphia. I live in Center City, and I work in Northeast Philadelphia. And every morning when I drive up I ninety five, the main highway going up there. Everybody's on their way to work, and they're all traveling well over the speed limit. Everybody's going 70, 75 miles an hour. And yet, nothing bad is happening. So if the police state really wanted to to, to rev up a revenue-generating machine, they could certainly do it there. But nothing bad was happening from that. So all these laws that are being created to try to, all these codes that are uh, trying to control us, really doesn't amount to anything other than that... uh, the revenue uh, machine and the control mechanisms of the state.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what they are. They're they're revenue men for the new king. That's called government, exactly. And they don't they don't see that that's the role that they're playing. They actually, you know, believe in their religion called authority, and they accept that, uh, you know, in their own minds, at least, they believe that they are doing something that is required and that is good at some level, and they don't understand. That what they're doing is, again, one of the biggest disservices that you could possibly do to humanity because it's all based in fear. It's all based on the idea that you have to control people's actions and you can't let them make their own mistakes. And, you know, again, it's it's this idea that human beings have to be perpetually safe. If we can't get over that fear of the potential for chaos and suffering to happen in our lives, we can't be free. It's an impossibility.
5: Yeah. Hey, I've never been burned by a cup of McDonald's coffee because I read the warning
1: label. Right. And you have some common sense, you know. So you understand that that's going to burn you, so you try to avoid that outcome. And you do that because you have some self-respect. People who drive like a maniac obviously don't care about whether they hurt themselves or anybody else. See, it's all about care. It's all ultimately about respect. If you love yourself, you're not going to go out on the highway and drive like a lunatic because you care about what would happen to you first and foremost actually. You know, even if you didn't care about other people, you know, a person who's even totally self-centered, you know, from a selfish perspective wouldn't drive like an animal because, you know, he cares enough about himself that he wants to stay alive. But when the ego is so run amok that you don't even care about yourself, then it's all me 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 I, 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 but not even from a perspective of self-respect or self-care, true self-care. It's like you don't care about anything. You don't care about what could possibly happen to other people. And most of all, you don't even care about what could possibly happen to yourself. You know? So that's all based on the lack of self-love An attitude like that. And I would also say that the lack of knowledge and self-respect is displayed in police and and uh, other control based institutions because they're in this fear based consciousness that you know they have to control the outcome and they have to sanitize the world from the possibility of chaos happening and again both of those things are only going to lead us into a deeper and deeper prison society until we understand these dynamics from a philosophical point of view and from a, a deep perspective of the of working with the, these, uh, this shadow material, if you will, within the human psyche, within each one of us doing that work. That's the only way we're going to get out of this mindset that's leading us deeper and deeper into uh, uh, enslavement and, and a prison society.
5: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, especially the way this country was originally founded, when you look at uh, how Pennsylvania, for instance, was created, policing is really a function of the people. It was never a function of the state.
2: Right. That's
5: why we elect. We elect sheriffs and constables and coroners, but in the 20th century, all that was changed around. Like, for instance, the Pennsylvania State Police was an organization that was created in 1905 by an act of the Pennsylvania Legislature. Right. But there was no there was no lawful basis in that. There was nothing within the Pennsylvania Constitution that granted that, that authority. But if you want to have a state that can actually enforce its uh, control mechanisms, you need to have your own enforcers. And so this is one of the things that, that, that happened in Pennsylvania, and it happened all across the country, obviously.
1: Yes, but and that further, further subverted the individual sovereignty of the American people, yes.
5: Exactly. And, but, but the truth of the matter is that the, that the power still remains with each individual citizen within each of the states and, and within the, the United States. And as long as they are willing to actually stand up and take responsibility
1: for that,
5: for the power that they actually have, and part of that is partially it's being able to use the word no. That's one thing. That's right. But also being being able, like you were saying earlier, to speak out against these injustices that are happening
1: and educate and we really
5: and educating exactly. I mean, we really do have we have the ultimate authority. This government that is currently being utilized by these dark forces is ultimately still under our control if we simply wake up and take it back.
1: And say no to the practices that they're right. engaging in. Right. Absolutely.
5: Yeah. I mean, one, of the things, one of the things that I've done is I, I, I started to try to figure out a way that I could interface with the system as it exists in order to try to get through to some of these dominators. To try to wake them up. Right. And uh, today, uh, I, I, uh, I within the last three months or so, I became a, a constable in the state of Pennsylvania. So I, I carry a badge now. I'm not a police officer. Right. I am a peace. I'm a peace officer. Right. I'm a peace officer in the traditional sense of how the founders thought about the way that we govern ourselves within this country, and it's based on the natural law. So the whole idea of some state trooper sitting behind a billboard with a radar gun is so antithesis to, to, the, to the whole idea of what it is to be a free Isn't individual.
1: It? Yes, absolutely.
5: And so um, I, I think that, you know, as more and more people wake up, I'm, I'm seeing and I'm, I'm really getting a very positive feeling about um, that we can, we can take this thing back. It's going to work. We're going to continue to have to work at it. The education process is just daunting.
1: If I had z- if I had zero if I thought there was a zero probability that it could be reversed, I probably wouldn't say a word. I wouldn't come out and say a word. But uh, you know, even if it doesn't work out that way, we still have to continue on and speak the truth and do what we know to be right. And that's why I do what I do. You know, I'm I'm kind of detached from the outcome, whatever outcome is granted. I'm prepared to handle. I'm psychologically prepared to handle whatever does come down the pike. But um, I do still think that we can turn this around. Otherwise, I like I said, I probably wouldn't be saying a word. So I th- definitely think that that's a healthy attitude to take. And you brought up really good points. I thank you for, for calling in. And I want to uh, comment on one of the... Things that you talked about, which is, um, you know, that we have to reach out to people and educate them. And uh, so I commend you on what you're doing in trying to help to reach the dominator's mindset, to reach their, uh, you know, entire a way of seeing the world, their worldview, and try to change that from the from the inside by working with them in that respect. And I think, you know, you, we could go back to this speed limit analogy that Ivan brought up. You know, even if chaos happens as a result of people ignoring these laws, whose responsibility ultimately is it? It's all of the people. Because they didn't work with each other to bring an understanding of, you know, the causal dynamics that could lead to these negative consequences. To each other, they didn't work to educate each other. The it's it was ultimately ignorance that led to that chaotic condition, and the willingness to allow that ignorance to grow and spread unchecked. So that's why we all have to make the realization. We all have to come to the realization that the real great work is the work of education. It's the work of working with people, at a, in a one to one basis you know, and if you can in a wider scale, in a a bigger scale, if you have access to certain kinds of media, to help them to gain an accurate understanding of these laws that we're talking about so that they can make good choices that are in harmony with nature's laws and therefore they don't create all kinds of suffering for themselves and others and put the world into a deeper uh, condition of darkness and despair. That's what it's ultimately all about. So I think the, the the last caller makes a great point about you know reaching out to people and being an educator yourself. So um, excellent. Let's let's take another call. Um, let's go to area code five one seven. Area code five one seven. You are live on the What on Earth is Happening radio show. Welcome.
4: Hey Mark.
1: Hi, who am I speaking um, this
4: with?
1: Is Pam. Pam. Well, welcome.
4: welcome. Uh, um. Um, the previous hour, the last caller, Gabby, who called in. Yes. Um, she's my daughter. Okay. And she's my 16-year-old daughter, and we've been listening to you for the past couple months, and I really want to thank you. Sure, thank um, you. for doing such a great job, and...
1: I appreciate that and, very much.
4: And for us, we kind of feel like we were, we were led to you. Um, we used to listen to David I we, um, listen to Michael... Marianne, and then we came across you and you're just saying so many things that like we were thinking about at the same time and totally agreed with. For us, this has been like a
1: really personal... Pam, Pam, that. I'm sorry. Your, your phone line seems to be breaking up a little bit. I don't know if there's a way that you could possibly clear that up. I don't know. if Are you on a cell phone?
4: Um, no, I'm not.
1: Okay. I'm like not me. sure where the interference is coming from, but continue. I, I can hear and pretty much make it out. Maybe try to speak a, a bit louder if you can.
5: Okay,
4: and for us with the vegetarianism, it came to us like a couple months ago. Yes. Um, for me, it all started when Gabby said to me that I, I, when I was cooking dinner, that well, gee, the best part about this, the best ingredient, is that it's made with love.
1: That's right. That's and, right.
4: And I thought, well, that's really sweet, and that's true. And then I thought, okay, well, what if there is something to this? What if there is some kind of field? And th- that love does affect it. What would be the opposite if it, you know, it's not made with love? And-, and then I went on further and thought about the animals and stuff. I'm like, When we eat animals, are we eating their
2: pain and their suffering
4: and And their al- death?
1: ultimately, above all else, what would be the force that would be being taken into the individual by doing that practice? And therefore, that explains why there is so much of an infinitude of this force in the world. You, yeah, you, you, but t- 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 tell I'm me what that enough. tell me what that force is pam hit hit hit, it, hit it right on the head you said that there's death and suffering and you know despair in there and yes there is but what is ultimately the force that we uh, the force the energetic force that we would really be consuming which explains why it's permeating the entire field of consciousness here on earth what do the animals ultimately experience before they die Here. That's right. That's exactly right. And that explains so much, doesn't it? Yeah. We're taking yeah. that into ourselves. Why do you think we're such a fearful people? Look at what we're doing and then we're consuming that energy. But people are so cut off from the, the, the oneness aspect of things. They still think of things in such a left brained form of separation that they think that they're immune to that or somehow separate from it and they're not. They're mistaken. So you have a great understanding of how it all really fits together and works and how we're taking in that energy that we have ultimately helped to create. It's, it's a sad co- commentary that that's what we're doing as a species, but at least you have an understanding of, of how it works. And you know, I think that's a good way to start because now you can you know, begin to speak and educate people as to what they're really doing, what they're creating.
4: And for us, it's hard, though, too, because we're a little bit more like right-brained kind mm-hmm. of people. Sure. And I, and then to educate the males in our family. And if I just say, "Well, you're, you know, eating that animal's pain and fear," and they're like, "Okay, you're strange."
1: Well, let let me let me can I give you a suggestion? uh, How how to possibly approach people like that who you know are very left brained? Um, Attempt to appeal to themselves. Attempt to always put it in in the sense of. Well, if you were in this position, if you were in tr- reverse the roles, in other words, have them tr- try to have them at least for a, a moment, if they're willing to engage you for long enough, to put themselves in that position and say, What would you be experiencing if that were you? That's the only way I think that you could begin to reach people like that. It's one of the techniques that I would use. But uh, I, I feel your pain regarding how difficult it is to bring this subject matter up even to people and to get them to listen to it for any length of time because they're so indoctrinated that it is normal, natural, necessary, this three ends argument. And that it's just the way things are and that's the way it should always be. They're, that, they're, that's so ingrained in them that they can't even imagine that it could possibly be any different ever. But, I, you know, I, I, that, that's a little bit of advice. I, I hope that, uh, you know, you could maybe practice that or tr- try it and see what kind of results that you get. But, um, you know, uh, I definitely uh, hear what you're saying. And like I said, I feel your pain when it comes to that because I know there's a lot of shut down people out there. So, Pam, do you have anything else for us? Um, that's
4: all. And once again, um, thanks for doing what you're doing. Um, I want you to know that we really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. Let's go to another caller. We have about 25 minutes left in the show. I'll give the call-in number one more time. We only have another couple callers hanging on the line, so 866-841-1065 is the number to join us. Once again, 866-841-1065. Talking about the, the topic for the show today and next week uh, for the call-in shows is the non-support of Dominators, and anything that I've covered within that whole solutions section over the past months is fair game. Here we go. Wes from Ontario, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome.
6: Hello, Mike. Thank you. It's uh, great to get to talk to you. I really appreciate your message, and um, I would like to... Thank you for your show.
1: Sure. Thank I you.
6: I know you're just the vessel of the information, but it's great that you're doing it.
1: Just a messenger. That's all.
6: And, uh, well, you do a great job at sending the message.
1: Thank you. Um,
6: I, uh, just, uh, I guess to be comical, I could say, uh, my name is Wes and it's been 30 days since I've consumed meat, okay. <laughs> you know, meat eaters anonymous. Uh, uh, <laughs> i uh I've been thinking about it a long time, and uh when you started uh, mentioning it in your solutions section, I really started uh, investigating it deeper. i was i guess grappling with the for and against thing. I got sort of caught up with that uh vegetarianist book right. idea too and it created a lot of confusion, but you've clarified it for me
1: I appreciate uh, that
6: and i made uh Decision and when uh, you, you put out the caveat to watch uh, Earthlings, I made it a goal, and my wife was sort of on the fence about the idea mm-hmm. herself. Um, I uh, encouraged her to watch Earthlings with me.
1: And what was the result, if I may ask?
6: She has decided to uh, join me in the cause.
1: <laughs> and c- can you clarify for the listeners what was the basis of that decision?
6: It was the uh, coming face-to-face with the actual suffering.
1: And there it is. You
6: know, uh, in the process of deriving the food source.
1: See, I I tell people this is the only consideration in this entire issue. There is no other consideration. The consideration is the suffering of life, that life experiences. And if you understand that, you understand that you're a part of that, and that you're actually perpetuating it, not to pull back from it is a willful choice to stay within a system of control because that is being reflected back to you to you according to the laws of the universe and that is not a religious belief system it doesn't matter who calls it that it doesn't matter how much how firmly people believe that that's a religious belief it is an accurate understanding of the the causal dynamics and governing dynamics in nature that are bound to the law of correspondence if someone understands those laws deeply enough, they understand you cannot continue engage, to engage in something that continues to perpetuate such forms of suffering and ever be free. It's an impossibility. So that is the only issue, exactly. is the suffering that's exactly. involved. And uh, you make a great point there, Wes.
6: And I uh, I also uh, really uh, had a wow moment when you were reading uh, the uh
1: uh, Vegetarian right. and Occultism by C.W. Oh, uh,
6: when you were talking uh, a different topic, uh, the uh, beater, I believe it was? Yes. Or maybe with the other guy. Uh, uh, when you're saying like uh, the highest ideal is to try.
1: Oh, yes. That's a Rosicrucian uh, ideal, uh, a tenet like of that. the Rosicrucian philosophy and uh, mystery tradition is that we engage our will regardless of what is taking place. You never stop trying to ach- achieve a higher ideal. I always
6: have friends that uh, quote uh, the, uh, from Star Wars, you know, the Yoda character saying, uh, "There's no try; you only do or not do." Right. <laughs> and uh, well, I always argue with them, saying, "No, if you don't try, you'll never know if you can do it."
1: Uh, yeah, well, to try is to do something. You know, that is to take action. It, it means that you you know that you may fail, or you 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 have the, you engage the possibility that you could end up not succeeding but you're going to again get up and do it again anyway and continue it's not it's about not giving up it's about a sustained effort of will and that is what care is all about never stopping caring never becoming apathetic just continuously engaging the will even if you're not immediately seeing the effects even if you're not immediately seeing big changes it doesn't matter you're in the world you're part of the dynamic Contribute your energy to the right and withdraw it from the wrong. And never stop trying to do that in a better and better fashion. That's what it's all about.
6: Yes. I uh, really appreciated also uh, when you started your solution section. You were talking about the uh, notion of being a shaman.
1: Mm -hmm. One who Uh, sees uh, in the dark. One who can see uh, in dark times, yes. When you uh, spoke about that, I had... uh, Huge
6: internal just a yes, that's me and spending a long time in confusion and trying to sort things out and had a sense of things being wrong and things could be better, but surrounded by people that were so submerged and everything they didn't see the point of even talking about it
1: right right they want to turn away willfully and ignore what's going yeah, what's there yeah well wes Sorry, uh, You've brought up some phenomenal points, and uh, you know I thank you for uh, you know you bringing the, these issues to light and um, for calling in and uh, and speaking with us. So, great call. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, you you have a good one. Thank you. All right. So the. Toll-free number to join us is 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. The topic for today and for next week, continuing, is the non-supportive dominators. Anything that we've covered on the non-supportive dominators solutions section is fair game to bring up and talk about. And um we don't have any new callers in the queue. So uh I'll go back to Ivan and see if he had any other points that he wanted to bring up. He, he had a uh, a small list and uh let's see if he has something else. So Ivan from Arizona, welcome back to what on earth is happening. You have something else for us?
3: Well yeah, Mark. Uh listening to the previous callers, they touched on a few of the notes that I had here that I didn't touch on. Um Regarding the Constitution and Founding Fathers, um, again, everything seems to be taking uh, front to back or, or backwards. So, my notes here have it as um, people confusing Constitution and Founding Fathers as giving us or the givers of freedoms rather than the Constitution and Founding Fathers being like notaries or recorders or writers on paper of right. what is inalienably or self-evidently yes. already ours so people take that oh our founding fathers gave us the constitution gave us no no no. that's just a group of people that wrote down to share with everybody else sure what we already have yes so that that again goes to that dominators going you know from protectors to to you know now do as we say so Everybody started, you know, taking the constitution and finally problems as oh that's the source of our freedom and we have to right. listen to what they say. Like, no, right. no 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 they just write it down what we already have and that that confusion
1: exactly. For, it's a you know, technique for, it's a it's a mind control technique called obfuscation. obfuscation. Yes, trying exactly. to trying to reverse the roles or reverse the, the the ideas and get people to believe something that was in no way the original intent. And you know, I don't think uh, the, the, any of the callers or, or li- listeners, or maybe some of the listeners, might be under that misapprehension. But I think most people have a, a who listen to this show anyway I would hope have a kind of a firm grasp that rights don't come from the Constitution or from uh, you know any the, the 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 pen of any man. You know that they're inherent. And they're inherent to creation and they're our birthright, we're born with rights. And um, all that these documents were intended to do was to enshrine the natural basis of these rights and explain that they could never be separated from any man or woman by any uh, other man or woman or group of men or women. So hopefully that is very clearly distinguished and it's very, very synchronistic that you would bring this topic up as a matter of fact, and of course, this fits in with the whole idea of domination of the idea of man's law, you know, and this being the the, the highest law. Uh, the highest law is nature's law; it's not man's law. But um, it's it's extremely synchronistic that you should bring this up actually right now during this time, because during this week, between last week's show and this week's show, I actually downloaded a large collection of videos from uh, a. Um, a um, BitTorrent website that was called, um, let me see if I uh, remember the title exactly, it was called um, Civil Liberties and the Bill of Rights. And it was a um, 37 video series about the intent of the Constitution, what our civil liberties are, and how the Bill of Rights you know, attempted to protect them. And I began watching the series, and I was quite disappointed that in the series the actual lecturer the professor who is giving the lectures these college uh, level series of lectures on civil liberties and the bill of rights actually makes the statement that our, our, our the constitution granted rights or gives us our rights and that was a very big obfuscation or possibly a deliberate misleading who knows uh you know I don't know the person you know personally uh who was actually putting these videos out or giving these uh these series of lectures but it was such an oversight that i was just uh, i thought this was going to be a great series and you know you know go in and it was going to really um make the the points that needed to be made regarding uh such topics but one of the first things the first fundamentally flawed axioms that uh, he approached in the video was uh, making the statement that the Constitution granted rights in some way and I just you know I did a face palm at that point and I'll probably still give it a chance and go through them because I don't just immediately dismiss something when I hear one thing that I don't agree with so um, you know hopefully I could report that it, it got better as it goes but uh, it's funny that you would mention that point one of, you know, emphasize it when this just occurred earlier this week in uh, a a video series that I had downloaded and begun to watch.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, synchronicity is all around us all the time. I mean, uh, a few episodes ago, you mentioned C.W. Redbeater and read his uh, vegetarianism and occultism. Yes. And then about a week later at work, one of my coworkers who also once in a while listens to your shows and we have uh, like-minded conversations. Told me, um, oh, I went to this uh, garage sale and this uh, guy had a bunch of old books that looked kind of interesting, and I, you know, they, they look pretty interesting—the kind of stuff you might like. Uh, one of them was by some guy called like Leadbeater or something, and my ears went <laughs> up like, "What?" That's synchronicity. So she lent me the sure. book, uh, Astro, uh, the astral Planes. So I'm like, "Wow, interesting. This synchronicity." You know, <laughs> his <laughs>
1: his work is very good. Um, you know, uh, it's, I have to make this statement to qualify it, however. You know, just because someone puts out, you know, good or accurate work doesn't even necessarily mean that they entirely lived up to it in their lives. Uh, Leadbeater, you could look up, uh, had a lot of controversy that went on with him in the, uh, in the uh, Masonic institutions and in the uh, uh, Theosophical Orders. So, you know, we have to separate the man from the teachings. You know, I can do things that are wrong in my life and that wouldn't invalidate things that I have said or attempted to convey. We have to understand that human beings are not perfect, you know? And the the best we can aspire to is to continue to try to make ourselves better and live up to the ideals that we have we have set for ourselves and, and come to understand regarding the laws that we've come to understand regarding natural law. So, um this is another aspect of uh, a lot of people's resistance to certain topics or ideas, is they say, oh, well, this come, came from this person, and he may have said that at this point or that I didn't agree with or said this other or done this thing that I found objectionable or questionable. Well, that doesn't mean that it invalidates everything that the person ever did or said. There are some things that we do that are in harmony with truth, and then there are other things that we can do that we fall short of those uh, ideals, of those that higher Uh, aspect of consciousness. It doesn't mean that one thing somebody ever did or said that you uh, agreed with, I disagreed with, I'm sorry, totally invalidates everything that they ever put out there. Uh, Neither should we fall on the other side, that if you agree with something on some issue, that that means he didn't write something else or do something else that was completely wrong and that you shouldn't go along with. So we have to be discerning. And the way to be discerning about it is to come to an understanding of nat- natural law ourselves. Then we can see, is this person really in harmony with that? Do they have an understanding of it? And are they projecting that not only in their works, but in their actions in their lives as well? Right,
3: right. I have two last Take real quick to throw out. I think about 10 minutes, eight or 10 left. Take your um, time. If you 10 want to continu-
1: time. If you want to continue to go on, we can uh, go till the end of the show unless someone else calls in. Uh, we still have no one else on the line, so I'll give the number one more time, 866-841-1065. But Ivan, uh, don't worry about it. If you have you know, a list of things that you brought up, um, I- I'm liking what you're throwing at us, so just continue.
3: Okay, no problem. Um, well... The first thing is just a little picture I have. You know, like on Facebook, everybody goes around to little the pictures with quotes and things. And there's something here that you mentioned a little bit of it before. And as you were speaking, this kind of resonates with this. And uh, I can't make out where the quote comes from, but I can read the actual quote. Sure. It says, uh, your, work, your work is not to drag the world kicking and screaming into a new awareness. Your job is to simply do your work, sacredly, secretly and silently and those with eyes to see and ears to hear will respond. So that kind of quote is what you we were met talking about earlier with uh, you know, not believing everything that everybody says, well no, they didn't say this and you know, even stuff you were talking about earlier in the show, I kept looking at this like this oh, this is what he's talking about. This is what he's talking about. You can't force people you know, to believe everything. Like, no, vegetarian is the right way, and I find carnivores. Oh, no, there are people that will get it, like the, one of the previous callers said. You know, that's listening to your show, it was like aha moment. There's, you know, different things for different people at different times, whether it's something they see or something they hear, it'll come around
1: when it's meant to come around for them. Right, plant, plant the seed. You're planting a seed. It's an impossibility for someone to unhear something. So to not say it, and to just remain silent, even if you think that it's going to be a, uh, an uncomfortable result or you know, a, uh, a tense situation possibly might uh, develop, I don't think is the way to approach it. I think the way to approach it is to speak what you know to be true. You don't have to do it in a totally offensive way or in a way that is going to really, make, like I said, make the person feel like total crap or anything like that. But you can say it in a way that is backed by the force of truth. I'm not talking about violence, I'm talking about force, the force of truth. Truth is a force at work in our lives. We're very resistant to it as a people, but we can speak the truth with force, with the force that uh, is behind it, and uh, emphatically and unapologetically, and put it out there, and our words cannot be unheard. It still went into the subconscious, even if it didn't reach the conscious mind, and it can sit there dormant as a seed until it's ready to to sprout, so... um, Definitely, you know, to put, put it out there is of the most of the utmost importance. To not put it out there means you sowed nothing and therefore there can't be any, uh, you know, harvest. There can't be uh, a reaping of the, the, the fruits of that labor. The labor is to put it out there. That is the work. So a great point. Right. Ivan. So we do okay, have – yes. Sorry.
3: Okay, go ahead.
0: I'll
1: tell you what. We do have one other caller. Why don't I just uh, take that one and I'll come back to you to wrap up the show. How does that sound?
3: All right, that'll
1: work. Great. Okay. Hold on the line. Okay. Keith in Arizona, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome.
0: Hey, fantastic show as always. Um, Thank you. I, I really enjoyed the Laura Eisenhower interview.
1: She was um, great. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. And I appreciate your tackling uh subjects that a lot of other hosts don't. You know, they'll say, Oh yeah, nine eleven was an inside job, but then they won't go any further and look at some other issues that you do. Um, one of the um, keys I've found that's helping me uh, is you know, we're talking about self empowerment, right? You know, eating better and deprogramming our minds of uh, the um one of the biggest ones i found is the working with subconscious programming and it's a sure. topic that i have not not heard a lot of people talk about and i'm talking about childhood and past lives as well as you know present programming that we're constantly uh... getting and i, I wanted, wanted to hear your thoughts on that
1: oh boy is that is that a big influence i mean You know that's something that largely is uh, remains unseen in our lives. It's what people have called the unknown unknowns. It's things that are so ingrained as as fundamental axioms of our uh, our perceptions and our belief systems that we don't even consciously recognize their presence. Uh, absolutely. And this is done through, you know the blind leading the blind. It's done through ingrained indoctrination and repetition, things that we pick up from our parents and our teachers, et cetera, people who we consider authority figures in our lives. And uh, we take their, we take on their flawed fundamental axioms of belief into ourselves and then make it part of our programming. So that's, uh, I I have discussed this a little bit in the past on the show, but uh, it's something that we probably should cover a little bit more and try to go deeper into that and how we can bring some of that hidden uh, programming up to the surface so we can become consciously aware of it.
0: I found for myself that the more I do it, the more present
1: I am. In
0: other words, the more I'm acting based on what I'm actually confronting as opposed to fears and traumas, um, and, um, and it's very just like an onion, and then you just keep going deeper and deeper.
1: Yep. And I, Cause you're anyway. spending time. You're spending time working with the self when you're working with that material. That shadow material is what needs to be worked with. It's not our enemy. It's actually our friend. When you go into those deep re- recesses of the psyche where no one wants to go, you know, it's that deep, dank cellar, you know, of of ourselves, and you start working with that to transmute that material. That's what self work self-respect self-love is all about most people don't want to take the responsibility to do that work, but we must if we're going to really change the world for the better. Uh, and that's uh, you know something that everybody has to do on a one-to-one basis. It's about going within and it's really about working with ourselves. So um, I-, I think that's a great point that you brought up and more people need to step into that uh, observer mode of awareness to watch their own actions, watch themselves, become more aware of their subconscious, their deep, deeply rooted subconscious programming and bring that up to the conscious level. So, good point. I'm, at
0: the point. I'm at the point now where I'm reading what other people's underlying motivations are that often they're not conscious of. You kind of read where they're at. And it's a great... Uh, assistance in
1: communicating you absolutely what
0: you so, sure. anyway
2: thanks, um, thank
1: you very much we, we got bit by the, uh, out at the end of the show so uh, thanks so much Keith for calling in Ivan call in next week and we'll continue with some other points if you wish sorry I didn't get a chance to get back to you that's all the time we have for this edition of What on Earth is Happening folks join us next week again for another call in show on the non-supportive dominators thanks for listening everyone and good night